0: If I say Malawi, does anybody know what that word means? So some people may go, wait a minute, I think I know what that is. That's a country somewhere. Yes, it is. Malawi is a country in Africa, in the southern hemisphere part of Africa. It happens to be where Kathy Connor is right now. And where she's staying, if she looks out her back porch, she sees Eland who are the largest antelope animals on the planet, and she sees giraffes because I've seen the pictures. One elan got so close it looked like she could feed it. Anyway, Kathy is in Malawi. She's in a city you've never heard of, Blantyre. Blantyre, like many places you've never heard of in Africa, has over one million people in it. And here's what she's doing there. She's coaching and training Young Life people, staff people, who are leading Young Life's ministry in Malawi and other countries because just like teenagers in the United States, Young Life is, meeting, is reaching teenagers in this unbelievable continent called Africa. Malawi, is, is this, Mozambique is the bottom half of it. It's kind of a long, shiny country. Over to the west is Zambia. To the east is a lake and Tanzania. So anyway, go look it up. Malawi. That's where Kathy is. That's why she's not here right now. That's why I'm such a busy boy this morning. (laughs) So there, that that doesn't have anything to do with anything other than you've been asking me where Kathy is. And she's she's in Malawi. She goes there regularly. She works for the man who's the boss of Young Life in Africa and the Middle East and in Southeast Asia. So um, that's why Kathy keeps disappearing and going over there. So there, the the end of that discussion. (laughs) I don't have like a cool segue here. (laughs) But what I am going to do right now is also pretty cool, and that's what I'm going to do. With a few words, I'm going to summarize. You ready? The entire Bible. You, you, You believe me? I can do it. Okay. First word, I even have a visual aid. Creation. God created the entire universe and the earth. And here's a symbol. You like this when I used this a couple of weeks ago. God created the heavens and the earth. This is the heavens. This is the earth. There is no distinction. The realm of God and the realm of us are one. We're together. So that's a lot to say about the word creation. I'm not going to say that much about all the other words. But there it is. But oh, what happens next? The snake. The realm of God and the realm of us gets separated where there's just a little bit overlapping. We're still made in God's image. And God certainly never will quit loving us. But what was seamless has now been pulled apart because we rebelled. When I say the fall, that's what I mean by that. That's not my terminology. That's church folk, Christian folk, Jesus followers have used the term the fall to talk about heaven and earth being aligned. Then we rebelled. We said, no, I can do it and don't need you. I can know what's good and what's not good without you. Down we come. Don't need these anymore. At least not right now. The next word, Exodus. What that means is that God... Oh, wait a minute. What happened to Abraham? Oh. <laughs> Abraham is supposed to be after the fall, and I just... It, it's been a hard week. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you got to have Abe or the whole thing doesn't work. (laughs) Well, I was just talking, am I forgiven? (laughs) So after the fall comes Abraham because, see, God says, okay, Abe, I'm going to fix this problem, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to take you and I'm going to make your family really, really big. How big? As big as the stars are in the sky. And I'm going to bless you, Abraham. And because of your family being blessed, boom, you're going to bless every family on the planet. You're with me? That's Abraham. Man, how did I blow that? I don't know. Then you have the next word, Exodus. The people of Abraham get to be over a million. They're enslaved in Egypt, and God does what? Keeps his promise, rescues them. We're going to talk about Joshua today. That's why he's in Parens. So you have creation. You have the fall. You have Abraham getting promised. God says, basically, I'm going to put it all back together again. I'm going to make heaven and earth overlap again. The people go into slavery they get rescued then you get they go to a promised land and they get king david there's a camel in every driveway things are great nobody's beating anybody up it's fantastic the high watermark of the people of israel king david but the people don't maintain faithfulness to the covenant partnership with god exile they're going to need a new exodus Exodus, out of exile. They get literally shipped off to Assyria, Babylonia. But hope shows up in the words of prophets who are traveling around telling people, "This is it's going bad on you because you misbehaved, but God is still faithful to his promises. And look what we have next, Messiah, the fulfillment of the promise. There's one more word that comes at the end this morning, and it's not up on the chart. So there you have it. The sweep of the Bible, what, what am I trying to say is, what we're, the Bible is trying to tell us is that God made us, God loves us, we rebelled, and God is doing what God needs to do to put it back together again. Messiah. Resurrection. That's the story of the Bible. And what's coming at the end is even better than the garden at creation. It's the reason we can sing in the storm because we anchor ourselves in the belief that what's coming because of the Messiah is really, really, really going to be beyond awesome. So we go to this man, Joshua. Maybe you've never heard of him. It's the sixth book of the Bible. So we've had the people of Israel rescued by being the exodus. That's getting out of slavery. But they keep fouling up. They keep messing. God says, you love me by following what I'm telling you to do, and this is going to go really great. But they keep saying, nah, we don't want to love you the way you want us to love you. We want to do it our own way. And so they're wandering around forever, but God doesn't break the promise. He gets them to the edge of the River Jordan, coming from the west to the east, to cross over into the land that was theirs 400 years beforehand, but they've been gone a long time. And we have this man Joshua, and that's where we pick up right now. We're going to look at Joshua for several weeks. And this is sort of famous for people who are familiar with the Bible, some of these words that are in the Joshua text that we're going to look at today. I'm going to read through nine verses and then come back and say a few things about a few of the verses. So here we are, Joshua chapter 1, verse, uh, chapter one verses 1 through 9, and here we have it. So, after the death of Moses, who led them up to the river but doesn't get to go over, Puts Joshua in charge. He's, he was number two, now he's number one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. They're the famous words. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. And finally, 8 and 9. Keep this book of the law. Always on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So a few things about several of them. So we're going to go back to verses 1, 2, and 3. First thing I, first thing I want you to see is after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord. you see the word Lord there? In the Hebrew text, the word is Yahweh, which is God's name. There's a different word in Hebrew if if the word was going to be the Hebrew word for Lord is Adonai. But here we're saying God's name. Now, in respect for people who are Jewish who don't say God's name, when they see Yahweh in the Hebrew text, they say Adonai. It's just their practice. And I, I don't mean to be disrespectful to Jewish folks, and, but here is what I want to say to you about this. Jesus makes it possible for you and me to say to God God's name, Yahweh. Jesus also said you can call God Abba, which is Aramaic, and it's, it's, a, it's like a child saying Daddy. So we're going to say Yahweh when we're gathered together because that's what's in the text and we mean no disrespect to folks who feel like that's irreverent. But you can say to God and call God by name. And when you, if you're reading in your Old Testament and you see L O R D and it's all caps, say out loud God's name, Yahweh, when you're reading your Bible. So here, and again, it says it the next, the Lord said to Joshua, again, that's Yahweh again. The Lord said to Joshua, son of none, Moses aid. And so what God is doing here, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now you, you're in charge. You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I swore to give you. In other words, God made a promise, and the land is going to be a part of the promise because on the land we're going to grow to be so big that we can spread out all over the planet and bless people with the blessing we've had. This is all driven by blessing every nation. That's the point of it all. We lose sight if we think this is about us. I get mine, and then we're good to go. No, 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 no. That's not the way it was then. That's not the way it was now. The one God of Scripture is saying, I'm going to love you, but it's not about you. It's about me. It's for you, but it's for everybody, and you're a part of my everybody strategy. That's what God is trying to say to these folks, and they keep missing it, and we keep missing it, but we're going to keep trying. They kept trying. So you and all these people are ready to cross the river, the land I'm going to give you, I will give you every place where you set your foot as a promise. Now we go to the next text and we see the next slide and we see how big it's going to be. Basically, this is saying wide and deep, big, huge, gigantic piece of turf. In other words, east, west, north, south, really huge. That's what all that geographical referencing means there. And, but really, I want you to see this. Look at the last line in the text. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now, let me just fast forward to the birth of the Messiah, Emmanuel, God with you. You have to trust me that Hebrew people who are Jesus followers hyperlink that text to the name of Jesus given in the Matthew, in the birth narratives. I am with you. God is with you. How can I be strong and courageous? Because God is always with us and will never forsake us. This is how we're beginning to understand how this matters to you and to me. Should I suggest now? I think so, I will. My boy Joshua, oh my gosh, he is shaken in his boots. He is scared to death. He's up against the river and he knows he's going to do the job. He's going to go. But there's people over there and they ain't going to like it. When Joshua shows up with the deed that's 400 years old and says, y'all got to go because this is our property. (laughs) They ain't going to like it a bit. And guess what? They're going to fight back. It was a warlike culture, and there's about to be war. It's that simple. So next next slide. Be strong and courageous. Let's talk about that a minute. Courage. Does that mean I don't have fear, Joshua? I don't think so. I think that Joshua trusts that the God of Abraham who made the promise to give the people land so that they could experience blessing, so they could bless all the nations of the earth. String all that together. I think Joshua believes and trusts that's true. Joshua has a right relationship with Yahweh. But boy, I'm telling you what, he is scared. Anybody with any brains would be scared. I'm crossing the river and going over there and those people are nasty. Just two things about how nasty they are. They were horrendously immoral. And particularly, if you, read, if you read Leviticus chapter 18, their sexual immorality is off the charts. They're horrendous what they're doing. And they sacrifice children. So this is the kind of stuff that's going on. You, you don't believe me? Go read your history books. Just go do your archaeology. That's the way it was with these folks. And in are going to come the people of Israel. Israel. So he's scared to death because he knows they will put up a fight. But he goes anyway. Now, here's the key. He's not going under his own power. He's going under the belief that the God of the universe, the one creation, that God, the one promised Abraham, that God, he's going believing that God's going to get it done for him. That's what he's trying to say. So into this huge piece of property goes a guy shaking in his boots, but he's willing to take the job. So off he goes. So, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors. Again, God reminding Joshua of God's consistency. I promise you it's real time now, it's going to continue in the future. I will deliver on what I said I was going to do. Be strong, not in yourself, but in me. Obey, now here we turn the corner, we see, obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. This is the answer. How is Joshua going to maintain trust in God? And the answer is by doing what God asks him to do. Obey the law. And then we get this business here. What that means is this. Don't turn from the right or from the left. Let God's words to us. When they say the law here, they're meaning what they're carrying around on the tablets. You remember the thing called the Ten Commandments? They're carrying, literally carrying that. They've got it in a box called an ark. And they're carrying it around. This is God speaking to these people. And God's like putting up guardrails with these things. And you don't get check marks for being a good boy or girl for keeping them. It's a relationship. So you stay in relationship with me. And here's some ways that I can help you understand how to relate to me rightly. Don't get outside to the left or the right of the guardrails. Live within the guardrails. That's how we're going to get this done. We're not going to get it done because you have more camels and chariots and spears and and swords. That's not how it's going to get done. That's how you and I would do it. We'd get a bigger army. What God is saying to Joshua is, son, this is what you're going to do. You're going to trust me, and you're going to live according to the good way that I'm teaching you to live, faithful relationship with me, and I will deliver. I, it's my battle, not yours. Your battle is to trust me and love me and live within the covenant. So don't go right, don't go left, stay there, and then, then we will have what? Success. Then we'll be able to live again in the land. I think we have the last slide coming up now. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Say them, the words out loud. I want you to read your Bible. And I want you to read it out loud on your lips. Say the words. I've gone out of my way already to get you used to seeing capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. And and Lord in English is Yahweh in Hebrew. Say Yahweh when you see it, Y-A-H-W-E-H. That's how you'd spell it. It's God's name. You can say God's name out loud to God. And if you want just to be a little like Jesus, toss in an Abba and call him Daddy while you're at it. <laughs> say it out loud. When our eyes and our ears start to interact with God's words, the next thing you know, we're stirred and new in different ways. And then look at the next part of it. Meditate day and night. What do you think about? You're choosing and I'm choosing to think about stuff. And what we're hearing is to stay rightly related to God in terrifying circumstances. I'm scared to death, Joshua. How is this going to happen? These people are nasty. They're great soldiers. They're going to kick my tail. And what I'm doing is God says back, this is how you do it. Speak my words. Meditate on my words. Get something and read it and let it cook over the day with you over and over and over again and sooner or later you're going to realize that my mind is beginning to be reshaped by the ways that God is speaking into my reality and into the world and God will reshape us but we have to listen and we meditate doesn't mean sitting on a, um, some kind of eastern religion thing with your legs crossed which mine won't cross it means think over and over and again He's saying them out loud again and letting these words seep in do little teeny pieces you can't, the book is, is so big, it's going to take you several years to read through it and meditate on it. But do one little piece at a time. Meditate on the word. And, and so that's how Joshua's going, How am I going to do this? And this is God's answer by trusting me. And this is one of the ways you trust me. You listen to me speak to you, and you say that out loud, and you meditate on it day and night. You may be careful to do everything written in it, then you will be prosperous and successful. And now, sort of the punchline of the passage. Have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Again, saying the net, net of you having a right relationship with me. The battle part of all this, it's going to be rough, but that's my job. That's my, there's your part, Joshua, which is to trust me and listen to me and speak my words at, and say them out loud and read them. I'm doing the big part. I have commanded you to be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Fear was one of the things that showed up in here quite a bit. Fear of the future. Of course. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. The Lord your God will be with you. Hyperlink Emmanuel again wherever you go. It's about a relationship. It's about trust. It's about believing that God will keep his promise to make heaven and earth come back together again and about our job to experience God's love and goodness and then be ambassadors for it, to go out and be people who, because we've been blessed, we can do for others. And that's a fancy religious-sounding word. It just means on purpose investing in friendships with some intentionality to be a loving, caring person. That's what that means. Natural friendships, inviting people into things that are making a difference in my life like here, like other stuff that we do, like anything else where the meaning of life as a Christian a person, as a Jesus follower, is a part of the reason we're together. We did it this past uh, Wednesday or Thursday night. We had birds and the bees here in the room. Lots of folks that I don't think go to churches regularly were here because they won't help with this powerful stuff that they have to raise their children to learn about. With all the So birds and bees was about teaching children about human sexuality. The place had a bunch of people in the room. It was awesome. So anyhow, where was I? I'm, I'm finished with that. That's where I am. You've <laughs> <God> to forgive me. <laughs> it's been a rough week. <laughs> <Huh? Yeah. laughs> she's going to deny it. She's going to be exhausted. For those of you online, some, some peanut gallery person said, and when I was moaning and groaning, Kathy's going to be back soon. Yes, she is. But she will deny, and I'm, now I'm on the Internet saying it, she will deny that she's tired. Yeah, because she's superwoman. <laughs> oh, I'm in trouble now. <laughs> Here's one last thing I want to say about why we meditate on God's word and why we say out loud using our voices, why we say these things and why we become people who want to stay inside the guardrails and not veer off the trail of God's best for us. And why do we do that? Joshua, why are you going to go cross the river and head into danger? And here's why. So we can show all the other people the character of God. We, We live into trusting God and then people see the character of God. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about God. And when you step into trusting God, scared though you may be, and somebody notices, guess what they're going to see? The magic, the power of the resurrection in your life. You didn't do it. God's doing the work. God's doing all the heavy lifting. You are just choosing to be a part of it. That's why. Because we want people to see the character of God. We want to live faithfully and gratefully and lovingly in this partnership with God our motivation is not checking off boxes so we don't have this list of bad things that we did or list of good things that we of, of good things we didn't do and bad things we did to stay out of God's ire that's not it at all it's about i can't believe you love me and i'm going to love you back and you've given me guidelines so we're fueled by faith we're not fueled by fear that's not what rules us so let's take a look at how the great Apostle Paul says it. Because let me let you in on a little secret. My boy Joshua, he doesn't know about Jesus yet. He knows, if he's reading carefully, that there's something going to happen where there's a sacrifice and a death. But he doesn't know what we know. He doesn't know what we celebrate today that we really celebrated last Sunday. He doesn't know about Easter. Joshua doesn't. But the great Apostle Paul does. And look at how Paul describes it, being scared and weak. Watch this. This is Paul's letter, the second letter to the the earliest Christians in a little city called Corinth. It's just west of Athens, across the Isthmus, if you want to get your maps out and look at Greece. So Paul says this, having begged God to take away this thing that's terrorized him. It's not real clear clear what it is, but he's begging God, and God says this to him. But God, Paul says, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect or in weakness. And now Paul says, therefore, when God said to me, you don't need me to take away the thing that you're begging me to take away. And Paul begged him three times. And God's answer back is, no, nah, dude, I ain't doing it. Here's what you need. You need my grace. That's enough. That's sufficient. And now Paul reflects on it and says this Therefore, I'm a boast, brag all the more gladly about my weaknesses. Why? So that the power, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Let's leave that up there. The great Apostle Paul, one of the five brightest public intellectuals ever, the man that took the message of Jesus to the known world, is having an unbelievably difficult experience. Dis- weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, difficulties. He's in personal as well as physical Political, all of the above. He knows that he's probably going to be executed by the Roman government. All of this. But Paul says, it just makes God look even better. So I'm strong in my weakness, says Paul. Paul can't say, my own strength saved me. Joshua can't say, my own strength saved me. You and I can't say, my own strength saved me. What we can say is, I've been rescued by Jesus. So here's what's going to happen. I went through all those words, like the creation and the fall, and I left Abraham out, but we got him back in, et etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And here's where we are. And if you could imagine a cross right here in the middle of the part that's overlapping, this is the last word. All things new. God is putting heaven and earth back together again. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more doubt about whether I'm valued as a spouse. There'll be no more discord, hatred, racial enmity, and strife. There'll be no more brokenness in families. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more grief. There'll be no more crying. There'll be no more pain. God is putting heaven and earth back together again. And the first signs are the resurrection of Jesus. And you and I know it because it's happening in our lives. Allow me to pray and then we're going to sing one more song. Gracious God, we don't save ourselves. You save us. You save Joshua. You save Paul. You save me. You save us. We thank you that what you did for us, you did because Jesus is fully human and fully divine. We thank you that what you did for us, you did because you were both crucified and resurrected. We want to be people that trust you. We want to stay inside the guardrails of your best for us. We want to be people who live in the storm, but are also singing that we trust you. Thank you, gracious God, that we get to be your people and that other people will see what you're like when we take our little steps to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.